For those of you who are thinking, hey, didn't we read those verses last week? You're absolutely right. It's the same passage that we read last week from Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, encouraging them and reminding them and showing them what the shape of a body of believers looks like, what it means to be the people of God together. I invite you, I challenge you, to spend time in this book of Ephesians, whether it's the text from this morning or just read through the whole thing, it's not that long, but to hear again these words, these challenges for what it means to be a people who are shaped and formed by the cross of Christ, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and what it means for us to take that way of living and being and apply it in our daily walk, our daily lives, our relationships with one another. Love that God shows to humanity is the image that we want to have stamped on our lives and to be reflected and shown in everything that we do as we identify with God as his people, his church, the people that are serving him and proclaiming the good news of the gospel wherever we are. In this series that we're talking about in the next few weeks called A Cross-Shaped Church, we see that God has called us together as a community of those who love and know Jesus Christ. And we come from widely diverse places in this world and we are held together as a people, as a family, as a church, by the reconciling work of Jesus Christ. In the scriptures, there's this image of the church that is of a living body that is made of many different members coming together where each one is necessary for the whole to function and to grow together. We know that in our society, in our community, that polarization and pulling in opposite directions is more and more the shape of things around us. Where we focus on what's different, we focus on how far apart we are, and there's very little room in the middle. We as the church united in Christ are a counter-cultural sign of what it means to be part of God's kingdom, God's people, where despite our differences, despite where we come from, we are united and we walk together, bound together in the love of Jesus Christ and living out that love in ways that bring mercy and grace and forgiveness and care and compassion for everyone that we meet. In the text this morning, we want to focus on a couple different verses than we looked at last week. The first verse that I want to point out this morning from the text is Ephesians 2, verse 17. 
In Ephesians 2.17, Paul says this about Jesus. He came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to you who were near. Remember, he's talking about these two groups. There's the the Israelites, the people who were known as the chosen people of God, and they were the ones who had already been drawn near to God through Abraham and the prophets and the promises that God had made as he walked with them through history. They had been drawn near to God and given the law of Moses to, to understand how to serve God well. But then there's this other group, which is the Gentiles, those who are part of the nations outside of Israel who are far away from God, from knowing who God is, what God's intention is for humanity. And it says here that Jesus, the promised Messiah, now Messiah is a term that means the anointed one. And for many Jews, those who are part of this chosen people of God who thought they were already near to God, when you use the word Messiah, they're like, yeah, that's our Messiah. Jesus is coming. Well, they, weren't, they didn't know yet who Jesus was. But when the Messiah comes, the Messiah is going to come to us because we're the ones that God loves. And he's going to preach to us and he's going to lead us. Paul is highlighting here that something significant has changed in the world. That the Messiah that comes is not a Messiah that only comes to the ones who are already close to God. In fact, the Messiah who comes, Jesus comes and preaches the peace of the kingdom of God to those who are far away. Now, If you have a message that's important for someone to hear, who is it important that it gets to? Is it important that it gets to the ones that already have heard parts of the message before? Or is it important for the ones that have never heard anything about it at all? Probably in terms of priority, those who've already heard some of that message, you can wait just a little bit, but you need to focus on the ones who haven't heard, the ones who haven't known the ones who are far away because they need this essential information. Jesus comes and preaches peace. What what does Paul mean by Jesus preached peace to those who are far away? Jesus comes to describe what the kingdom of God looks like and how all people from all places can be a part of this kingdom this relationship with God reconciled through, through Jesus' death and resurrection. We all, whether we were far away from God or whether we are near to God and we've been walking in this path of faith for a while, we have all received this same message and we are all called to respond to this message of peace in the same way. We are called to understand that God is a God of grace and love and forgiveness and he desires to be in relationship with us and that each of us is in need of salvation through Jesus Christ. In a few minutes this morning, we are going to celebrate 
this message of peace with God that Jesus has brought into our world. We are going to celebrate through the Lord's Supper, the Lord's table, as we take the bread and we drink from the cup that remembers the death of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for our sakes. We have all received the same message and the same invitation into faith, into the people of God. And because of that, as we are welcomed in, we are all given a gift, which is the Holy Spirit. It goes on in verse 18 to say, for through him, Jesus, we both, doesn't matter whether we were near or far, we both have access to God through the same Spirit. The same Spirit of God is at work in you as it is in someone who has just heard of Jesus and given their life to him for the first time just a moment ago. We have the same Spirit. That spirit is the spirit of God that empowers us, enlivens us, renews us from the inside out and brings forth gifts in us to use for the people of God, to use for the kingdom of God so that we can each contribute to this life of faith together. Then it says in verse 19, Consequently, because you've received the same message and invitation to the people of God to have peace with God, and you have the same spirit, therefore, you're no longer foreigners and strangers. We touched on this a little bit last week, but we are fellow citizens in God's, with God's people and members of his household. Uh, I think I'm getting to that age where I'm starting to repeat my stories. And so if you've heard this one before, I'm sorry, but it, it just, it's one of those stories that just is formational for me in thinking about knowing where I belong and who I belong to. Now, I hope I didn't set that up too hard. Oh, boy, I really built this up. A number of years ago, when we were living in South America, I went on a trip with my friend to visit Machu Picchu in Peru. You've heard of this place? Fabulous. If you ever get a chance to see the marvel of engineering, it's hard to breathe up there, but it's beautiful. But as we were in the airport in Peru on our way back, we're walking along and all of a sudden I hear from across, uh, from across the terminal, go Steelers! And I went, huh? Now, my ears perked up because I'm a Steelers fan. And then I realized I'm wearing a Steelers shirt in the airport. And another Steelers fan walking somewhere saw my Steelers shirt and they said, go Steelers. And it's like, I instantly felt that bond with that guy. We're brothers. Through thick and thin, and these days it's a little thin. But there was something about in that moment, we bond over something that we share in common, right? And that's a trivial little thing. Well, okay, I know that for some of you, this sports stuff is not trivial, little and trivial. It is, especially in light of the kingdom of God stuff that has to do with our souls. But it's just a little illustration of how easily we connect and bond. Because if that guy had come up to me and said, after he said, go Steelers, and he said, hey, man, um, I'm out of cash. Would you help me with a, buy me a lunch? I would have, yeah, of course. We're in this together. 
Because I know you got my back, because you got, right? Because I know that I can trust this person, because anyone that can follow a team like this, I know you got to trust them. The thing is that you and I are together in this God thing called the church because of Jesus Christ. Now, we don't wear our jerseys, but we do wear the cross of Christ. Some of you wear it literally from a chain around your neck or a tattoo on your wrist. But all of us who call ourselves children of God, we carry the cross wherever we go. And if people can't see it, there's a problem. When you see a brother and sister in faith, one who is a fellow citizen in this kingdom of God, this cross-shaped people, there's an instant bond and connection. Those of you who've been on some of our mission teams and have gone halfway around the world to Thailand, and you met a believer there that you don't understand a word that they're saying, but you hear them pray, how do you feel? That's my sister. We are part of the same family. We serve the same God. And you would do anything for them because you know they would do anything for you because you are in this together through the bond of Jesus Christ. We are fellow citizens of this kingdom. Those who are fellow citizens are people who are, who are, are united because of a shared purpose and identity. The reality is that in our world today, in our community today, in your life today, there's a lot of competing identities going on. You might not even know where your identity lies in whole or in a part. But in Jesus Christ, there is one identity which supersedes all of them if we are willing to bow the knee and submit ourselves to God as king in our lives. One identity that comes to the front and that identity is I am a child of the king. I am a citizen of God's kingdom people, the church. It goes on to say that we are members of his household together. There's all kinds of imagery that you can go into about family members and how that works or doesn't. So we won't go into some of those examples this morning, but I do have a question that comes out of what it means to be family together in the kingdom of God people. The question I have is this. If we're a family... What kind of sibling are you in this family? What kind of sibling are you? Are you the sibling that people turn to in times of need? Are you the sibling that cheers everyone on? Are you the sibling that can be counted on in hard times? Or are you the sibling that's off doing their own thing? If we're a family, which sibling are you? And what does it look like for us to be family together here in this place? 
On our church website, if you can dig through some of the layers under the About Our Church, we have a a vision statement of our church. And in there, there's a part on what it means to be the church together, this family thing, this connection and belonging stuff that we do together. And it says there, and I invite you to go and look at it later on and, and to think about it more carefully, But it says that we recognize that a life of faith is lived in the context of caring community. We share our lives through the humble sharing of our authentic selves. Our gifts, our needs, our strengths, and our weaknesses with one another. We share life together in the people of God. This is how we find our place and we walk together connected to one another. I want to acknowledge something here though. There's a reason why we've used the words belonging and connection because neither of those words actually fully adequately describes what we're up to here in this church thing together. Have you ever known that you belong somewhere? but you haven't felt like you're part of it? It's like, I know this is where I belong. I know, I know this is the, the place I'm supposed to be. I know this is the people I'm supposed to be a part of, but I don't feel like I'm connected, like I'm part of it, even though I know I belong here. There's two parts to this. You belong here because you love Jesus. You belong here because you are walking with Jesus and you are growing in faith and you want to be with the people of God where you will grow together and be encouraged and challenged in fellowship in what we called authentic lives together. And so you might come Sunday after Sunday and yet sit in the pew and feel very alone, unconnected, unattached, drifting along and wondering, should I actually even be here? You see, there's a number of factors that we have to take into account when we consider what it means for us to be connected through the cross of Christ to one another. Yes, we have the same message. Yes, we have the same purpose. Purpose. Yes, we have the same calling, but there's more to it. There is life that is shared together. And in order for us to be connected to one another through the cause of Christ, through the love of God poured into our lives, there's a couple things that need to happen. One of those things is that we need to be willing to move towards others a willingness to be a loving force that moves towards others. And for some of you who are, you know, you love people and you love being in crowds, you're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk. Hey, everybody get up. Let's introduce ourselves to one another right now. You ready? Here we go. How many of you are ready to do that right, right now, right? And some of you are just like, no, 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 I'm, nope, nope, not, I can't, nope. Because some of us aren't built that way, right? We, it's like, this, this takes a lot of effort for me to actually talk to someone that I don't know. But that's not what I'm talking. This isn't about extrovert and introvert. 
This is about movement towards or movement away. And in Christ, the love of God is always moving towards us. God never rests. God moves towards us. And we as a people of God are called to always be moving towards others in love. But if we only move towards others and are never available and authentic enough to allow others to move towards us, the connection will never happen. We must also be willing to open our lives to one another, our authentic selves, in our strengths and our weaknesses, in our gifts and in our needs, so that together we can build each other up and serve our king together. There are a couple of ways that we can do this in our lives. And I want to challenge you with that this morning before we step into our communion time together. The first is a question. If I want to be connected to the people of God, am I fully connected to the Christ who connects us? Because if you're not actually in connection with the Jesus who calls us, then connecting with the people who are known by Jesus and by the shape of Jesus is going to be really hard. We must start by being connected with the one who calls us together. I invite you to do that again today, to reconnect with Christ and to invite him to come in and to shape and to mold and to form you by his spirit so that you may be drawn into relationship. Because what happens is when we are connected to Christ, our heart becomes shaped like the heart of Christ. And our heart is filled with compassion and grace for others. Our heart is filled with a desire and a burden to walk with the people of God. And to say, I belong to you. You belong to me. And together we belong to Christ. Because he has come and preached the message of peace to each one of us.